0: Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today, on A Transforming Word.
1: We're in the section of Revelation that is God's wrath. We're in the second chapter of the portion of the book that is supposed to be dealing with God pouring out His wrath. And I just want you to note that God, even when it's supposed to be wrath poured out, He's still trying to save you. He still has a heart for salvation. That's what he would prefer. He tells us in 2 Peter 3, 9, God is not willing. I mean, it's not not what he wants. He's not willing that any would perish, die and go to hell, but instead that all would repent. He would rather people turn from their sin and come to him. Some people view
0: the Lord as an impersonal and distant God who doesn't care about them personally. Well, he's just the opposite. His love for you is immeasurable, even if you rejected him time and time again. But there will come a day when it will be too late if you haven't accepted him as lord and savior in the message today pastor bill will urge you to evaluate where you are with the lord have you been sealed by the holy spirit god's wrath will be poured out someday on anyone who continues to reject him now here's pastor bill in the book of revelation chapter 7 as he continues his message signed sealed delivered
1: so some of everybody is getting saved. And then they're, it says they have palm branches in their hand. The palm branches, a, it's a symbol of victory. And so they've been through something that they've been victorious about. We believe they made it through the tribulation period. They died. They didn't quit. They didn't bow out. You know, you, you could bow out. You could take the mark. You could bow the knee or whatever. They didn't. They went all the way. They died. That was their victory. And then it says they, have, they were clothed in white robes and they were crying with a loud voice saying, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And we see this constantly that everybody that, seen, everybody that we see make it to heaven is a worshiper. Everybody. Everybody that gets before God is just worshipping. They're giving him glory. They're singing worship to him. And once again, as I read this, I'm aware that I, this is going to be us one day. Amen. If you're here and you're saved, one day we'll be there. And the only reason that we'll be there is because of the lamb. And I believe that's why everybody there is floored. Some of y'all are going to be shocked that you made it. And I believe every time we see people in heaven, they just on on the floor, hit the deck, grateful. Everybody in this room that's going to heaven knows you don't deserve it. We know that we're not that good. We know we're not. We actually know we're worse than that. And we're only going to make it to heaven because of the blood of the lamb. Amen. Because the blood of Christ has washed us and cleansed us. That's the only thing that makes you and I acceptable in his sight. And so they worship him for that and they should. He's worthy of that. We can can rightly worship God for that even where we stand right now. Amen. It says all the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, amen. Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. I want you to hear everybody in heaven, the angels worship, the elders worship, the people that are there worship. And they, they give glory. They give honor. They, all the things that are coming out of their mouth, just glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever and ever. Amen. They're, they're, they're grateful to be with him, to be in his presence. Sometimes I think as believers we got to remember what He did for us. That's why God tells us to have communion regularly. I think the broken bread, and the, 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 the you know the cup and the, the bread and the cup are just our reminders of the broken body and the shed blood. He said, "Remember this. This is what I've done for you. You know, do this in remembrance of me." That we need to remember that. Um, I don't deserve to go to heaven. I get to go though. You know, um, I need to remember. I, I, I sometimes remember where I was when I wasn't saved. You know, how did I get saved? How do I end up? How am I here pastoring a church today? Mercy of God. I I didn't go looking for God. I didn't have the sense to seek him out. And so God sent people to me that I would hear. He sent the right messengers at the right time with the right message in the right way until I got saved. And God just broke it down, broke it down, broke it down, broke it down. then boom, I gave my life to the Lord in October of 1995. I look back on how little I had to do with it. I have, I have very little to do with my salvation story, that God pursued me. God used the right people. There are people that I would have never listened to. Um, and I've had people like that try. There are people that I couldn't listen to. Uh, God sent me people I could listen to. So that's kind of how I am. I, I, knew a lot of, I knew a lot of church folk, you know, and I couldn't listen to them. If you were just like me except you went to church on Sunday, you could shut up. You know, I used to be a weed man. So I had people that would come from church and buy weed. And have the nerve to invite you to their church one day. Oh, you should come. For what? Like, why would I go to your church, you know? Um, You know, like, I had a friend in my neighborhood I grew up with. His uncle was a pastor. And he went because he had to go. And he would be trying to invite us. I'm like, you go because you got to go. You know, when you get back, he going to be on the street just like us, doing everything that we do. It was was so unattractive to me, the handful of people I knew. Uh, I either knew people that were fake or I knew people that were overly harsh. Hit me with all the rules, what I shouldn't do. You shouldn't be drinking. You shouldn't be talking to your mom like that. You shouldn't be. And I'm like, why shouldn't I? Make sure y'all don't talk to non believers like that. Because this is what happened in my mind. I'd never said I was a Christian. Why shouldn't I be drinking? Why shouldn't I be fornicating? Why shouldn't I be living with her? Why shouldn't I be? Why shouldn't I? I'm not under any of your rules. And so when they would put their rules on me, I would just resent that. You know, I had an uncle that tried that with me. And um, and I hated him for it. I was like, man, when I saw him, he couldn't say nothing to me, don't say nothing to me. But what God did for me was save one of my buddies that grew up with me in my neighborhood, that he was one of me, he was one of me. And he got saved. And he got, I mean, he, he got radically saved. So he got saved in like, I think the first person I ever met that I saw repent. I mean, he stopped doing everything. And I was, I didn't understand. I thought his girlfriend had, I was like, man, I ain't never seen a brother that sprung ever. Ever. I mean, you just stop drinking. You can't go out. You can't party. You don't do nothing, nothing, nothing. And then he married her. He, got, he graduated high school and married her like a week or two after high school. Who does that? You just got free of school. Why would you do that? You know, That was what I was thinking. But he married her, and he's walking with the Lord. And as I'm lost as I can be, shacked up with a girl, selling weed out the back, doing credit card scam. Who moves in my apartment building right upstairs? My boy and his wife. I mean, literally right upstairs from me, they move in, and, and that's who the Lord used. And I remember watching his life and seeing that, you know, he was, he, I couldn't throw his life in his face, because he had made a 180, and he was living it. And uh, I praise God for that. And now I realize that I need to be that for somebody, right? You and I need to be... Everybody know there's enough bad example Christians out there. Satan is faithful to provide them, right? There's tons of people that talk the talk and don't walk the walk and turn people off, so we just need to be, I can't do anything about that. I can't do anything about the fakes, but I need to make sure I, I'm not one of them. We need to make sure that we're some people that are, we're, we're walking the walk and talking the talk. We can share with people. Um, people need to see a real example, a real witness. Amen? And that's what a witness is. A witness is not just words. Sometimes your witnesses in what you do, some people, sometimes people have watched you long before they listen to you. Everybody here got neighbors. They're watching. Your neighbors are watching you. Uh, you maybe you don't know what they're watching. They're watching you and they're listening. You know, I remember my buddy when he was sharing with me, I used to try I, I tried to listen for stuff. I tried to pick him apart. I was looking for a flaw. I tried to offer him. He came down. I, I knew I knew what he used to drink. So I bring out a drink. He was just don't drink. Come on, man. You drink sometimes something, you know, like not a whole 40 He's a tall can Take like that, you know, like when budge. you know, I tried to invite him out to stuff before he got married. You know where there were girls and women stuff that he used to would have went to, and he was like, "Bro, I'm cool." I'm like, "What's wrong?" And that's why I didn't understand salvation. I thought you are some kind of whipped for a young fella, man. But uh, but but that witness and that consistent life when he spoke, his words had power. His words had impact. I didn't have a, I didn't have something to throw in his face and say, "Man, get out of here. You do that," you know. And I I realized how powerful that was, how helpful that was for me when I was lost. And so may we be that to the people in our lives. Everybody here got neighbors and friends and relatives that need to see what it looks like when somebody really follows Jesus and they need us to be a witness to them. Again, we'll talk about that some more. And so they worship the Lord passionately because they know him, because they know that they've made it because of him and they are grateful for it. Moving down, look at verse 15, I mean, 13. It says, then one of the elders answered, saying to me, who are these arrayed in white robes and where did they come from? So, you know, John is seeing this group, the angels, all these, you know, these tribulation saints are there with their white robes on. And one of the elders asks John, hey, who are they and where did they come from? Now, for those that think the church goes through the tribulation, if they were the church, John was an apostle in the church. He would have known them. But John doesn't know them. John's like, you know, he tells the, the elder, he says, sir, you know. That's a that's cold for I don't know. You know, so as, uh, I, I as a if your parents ask, you know, if people ask you rhetorical questions and, you know, you know, they know the answer. I don't suggest that kids tell your mom that, you know, mom, you know, tell your mom, you know, and she go upside your head and you be in here asking me about it. But essentially, John is saying, look, I don't know, you know. So he throws it back to the elder and the elder tells him who these are. He says, these are those. These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation. And washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. And so now we know where they came from. Who are they? Saints. We're tribulation saying where they come from. They came out of the tribulation. So they these people died for their faith during the tribulation period. Now they're in heaven. Now they're where John. That's where John is seeing them at. That's where they came from. Now something unique here. He made their robes white in the blood of the lamb. That, that, that doesn't work any other way. Right. Blood makes everything messy. You don't want blood on your white shirt. When I put this shirt on, I was thinking about the day, and I didn't really want to wear a white shirt because I'm like, we're going to eat. It's going to be a potluck. I'm going to play dominoes and slam on people. It's probably going you know, to make a mess. You know? People are going to cry and uh, whatever. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you know, white is, is messy, but it says, look, they, they're made white in the blood of the lamb. And so the blood of the lamb is unique in that it cleanses and it washes away our sins. It's, it's why... The same reason that they're going to be able to be in his presence is the same reason that we'll be able to be in his presence. Anybody that makes it into heaven, it's going to be because of the blood of the lamb. Amen. This error, that error, every error, it'll be because of the blood of the lamb. There is no other way. Jesus said to himself, I am the way, the truth and the life. And There's no way to the father except through me. Satan is faithful to provide all these other doors that don't take you there, um, provide all these other alternative things that don't work. Jesus has always been the only way, will always be the only way. And if you don't go through him, you won't make it. It's been said that all roads lead to God. And I would agree to this point. All roads lead to God in the sense that whatever road you take, you will eventually have a day before the Lord. It's appointed a man once to die and after that, the judgment. But all roads don't lead to heaven. Some of them doors that lead to God just will just, it'll get you far enough to be rejected. So if you've gone through any other door except Jesus, you'll have a day of judgment. You'll have a day where you stand before the Lord. You'll have a day where you're judged, and you'll be judged for having rejected Jesus, and you will not go to heaven. That is the only way to get to heaven. And so we need to, as those that know that, we got to be faithful to preach that message. Because how many of us know people that are thinking they're going to get to heaven some other way? Um, That's my favorite question to ask people, that, that if I get to have a spiritual conversation with somebody that I don't believe is saved... I'm like, tell me, you know, why do you think you're going to heaven? Why would you go to heaven? And everybody's got, everybody, everybody think if, if they believe in heaven, they think they're going. And you be everybody I know, that they just make it up as they go. How do you, why, why do you think you're going to go to heaven? I'm a good person. Okay, so where do you get that from? Who told you that good people go? Who told you it was a good person? What's the measuring? You know, how do you measure out what's good, you know? I mean, you just start walking them through it. How, how do you determine that you are a good person? I'm a good person. I mean, I'm not a murderer, rapist, nothing like that. You know, people just put the bar really, really, really low, you know, and um, you know, that becomes, I believe, the job of the Christian is to help them to see that maybe not as good as you think you are, you know, because to be good enough to go to heaven, you got to be perfect. only, Only one that was ever perfect is Jesus. Amen? So we need to be getting our witness on. We need to be engaging people and sharing with them, having those conversations, but our lives need to be on point, too. The last thing we need in these days in which we're living is some bad examples with Big Mouse. And I found that that sometimes the people that live the worst talk the most, and the people that are living right are shy and bashful, and Satan's kind of silenced them. I believe that God wants people that are living right and sharing it with people and, 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 and doing our part to put the gospel out there and put it before people that they might hear it. I can't tell you guys how many people were elated after I got saved celebrated. Oh, praise the Lord. That had never bothered to witness to me. And I was like, don't celebrate. And I was mad. I was like, I had an aunt that I was, I found out served in church. And I'm like, why didn't you never, why didn't you ever say something to me? I asked her. And um, she said, you know how you were. And I had people give me answers. Like they had some friends that I went to school with that I found out had been Christians the whole time we were in school. All that time. i like, how come you never said nothing to me? And it was the same thing. Oh, you know, you, you were just, you know, you were like this, you were like that. I'm like, so that means you don't tell me you, you just I just get to go to hell because I'm like that. Like that's that's messed up, you know, and I vowed. I said, God, I, I don't ever want to be that kind of person. I don't wanna, I ever want to be the believer that is just letting people I'm at least say something. You could disagree with me, but I at least want to have said something to you about it. So I encourage you guys that we would be those that are speaking up and sharing the gospel because people need to hear it. They need to know it. Amen. And so moving on, it says and it says now. After he said where they came from, these are the ones that are from. That came out of the great tribulation, washed in robes, and made, he made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Verse 15, therefore, they are before the throne of God, and they serve him day and night in his temple. And so from verse 15 all the way to the end of verse 17, we're going to get the responses of the people, kind of the benefits and the responses of those that have that have come to the Lord. And... You know, the difference that even in that era, God makes as he makes a difference in our lives. So there are several things here in verse 15. The first one is there's a nearness to God. In verse 15, it says, therefore, they are before the throne. And so these people that have been redeemed are now near to God. They're before his throne. They're right there where God is. They're enjoying a nearness to God. Then it says, and they serve him day and night in his temple. And so they're offering now their services to God. For those who think we'll get to heaven and just be chilling, singing kumbaya on the clouds, understand that in heaven we'll be, doing, we'll, we, we'll be serving God. There'll be something that we're able to do for God. And a lot of what we're going to be given to do will have to do with how we lived down here. Um, but they're serving God day and night. They're serving God. So they're offering service to God. Then it says, and he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They're going to enjoy fellowship with God. God is going to be dwelling among them. They're going to have intimate fellowship with the Lord. Verse 16, they shall neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore. Again, they're coming out of the tribulation period where they were hungry. They couldn't buy or sell. They were thirsty. They were struggling. They were going through it. Now they're not going to hunger or thirst anymore. They're going to enjoy satisfaction from God. God is going to be meeting every need. They're no longer going to be in that situation. Then it says the sun shall not strike them nor any heat. Um, and so they're going to enjoy protection from God during this time. Verse 17, for the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to the living fountains of water. So God is going to provide, they're going to have guidance from God. So whatever it was like for them during this tribulation period, now they're with God. They, they, have, they have nearness to God. They, have, they give service to God. They have fellowship with God, satisfaction from God protection from God, guidance from God. Lastly, it says, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. They're going to have comfort from God. All that they've been through, all the difficult things, all the tears, God says, that's all going to be over with now. It's going to wipe away every tear. Some of the things that I, I, when I think of heaven, I think of, you know, those that have gone, that I know of that have gone to be with the Lord. I like to rehearse all the verses that talk about what it's going to be like. And so even if I miss them, I can rejoice in their reality now. And so I know that those that are with the Lord, there's no pain, there's no sorrow, there's no suffering. Um, I know that in his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. I know that nobody that makes it into God's presence wants to come back here. Uh, if I died and went to heaven, bad as people might miss me and my family, if y'all prayed me back, I probably wouldn't be... I probably wouldn't make it up there again, you know? I'd be so mad, you know? like, 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 I mean, just... To get there where there's no sorrow, no suffering, I remember my mom died, and I was, these, these verses were ministering to me, and I'm, I had all of her paperwork and stuff, and my mom had some bills and some medical stuff, and I'm like, I'm looking at all this stuff that's coming in, I'm like, she ain't she, ain't, she ain't, she never have another bill. Like, whatever stress this used to be, you know, it's over with, you know, there'll never be another bill, there'll never be another payment, there'll never be another payment plan. I was going through all her payment plans with this thing and that thing, it's a wrap, no sorrow. No suffering, no concern, just with the Lord. And so that's the reality for us. That's that's what we have to look forward to during the tribulation period. This is what happens here. And as we wrap this up, this is what I think is significant in the chapter. We're in the section of Revelation that is God's wrath. We're in the second chapter of the portion of the book that is supposed to be dealing with God pouring out his wrath. And I just want you to note that God, even when it's supposed to be wrath poured out, He's still trying to save people. He still has a heart for salvation. That's what he would prefer. He tells us in 2 Peter 3, 9, God is not willing. I mean, it's not not what he wants. He's not willing that any would perish, die and go to hell, but instead that all would repent. He would rather people turn from their sin and come to him. And so even in this period of judgment and wrath, God's like, he made a way. 144,000 witnesses sent them out, and now there's this innumerable group of people that get saved at the last at the last. God has just taken up this this last harvest. So what does this mean for us? What What does this teach us? I know that in every era, God has his method of reaching lost people. Right now, we're living in the church age, and we need to be clear that we're his method right now. God could poke his head through a cloud and say, boo, I'm God. Believe me. You know He could do that, right? That's not what he chose to do. God says, the way I want it done I want those that have benefited through being saved to now be the spokespeople to tell other people how to be saved. That's how he set it up. That's how he wants it. We're going to close with a verse in 2 Corinthians. I want everybody to look at it with me. 2 Corinthians 5.20. It says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ an ambassador is a representative. So we have an ambassador. The US has ambassadors that may go to China and represent the US in another state. They'll represent our position, our views in China. We are Christ's ambassadors on this earth. And it says this, as though God were pleading through you, we implore you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. God says, look, I want you to get this. I'm you're my ambassadors, and it's as though I were pleading through you, telling other people to come to me, to be reconciled to me. I would give this this illustration of it. You know, if imagine that you're a parent and you got some kid that's gone astray, and your kid won't talk to you, and they're they're out in the street somewhere running amok, but they run into somebody else that knows you, and that other person is able to. You know, they can speak on your behalf, telling your kid to go back, go back to mom, go back to your home. You, they can be that voice for that mom. God is in the position where he says, I want them to come back to me. But I position you to be there to tell them. And it's as though you were pleading with them, telling them, be reconciled to God, come back. That's the position of us. That's, for those of us that are saved, God says, I want to speak through you. And, and we're pleading with people, we're sharing with people, we're having the conversations, we're answering the questions. We're, it's, it's difficult. Anybody here that witnesses, it's difficult, it's laborious. You know why? Because there's a spiritual warfare involved. And, and it can, you know, there's only so reasons why people don't share, but there are no good reasons why people don't share. God says, look, you're, 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 you're all I got. You are my ambassador. So I'm encouraging you guys. I can't make you guys go witness this week. I wish I could make everybody, give everybody an assignment, everybody go do their assignment. But I know that I can't make anybody do that. But I'm encouraging you. I'm asking you. I'm challenging you. I'm saying, could, could, could you let the Lord have his way? What if, what if everybody here went home and witnessed? What if we all went and witnessed to a person? Like, like what kind of testimonies would we have next week? What kind of stories would there be? And then and none of us are limited to one person. I know a gang of people that need to be talked to. So I'm encouraging you guys, if you're here and you're saved, then you can rejoice and sing these songs. We got ours. We're going to heaven. We're in a good place. Um, but I want, God, I, I want to see other people get saved as well. I want, to see some, I want to see people that don't know the Lord come to know the Lord because we were faithful to witness. We were faithful to share. However you got saved. Some of you guys are sitting in the chair today because somebody was faithful to share. Somebody had to go back and forth with you. Somebody snatched you up. Somebody made you go somewhere or whatever. However it happened for you, usually it's somebody God used. And it may be a number of people. One sowed, one watered. God gave the increase. Do your part. You might be a sower, so don't worry about seeing it harvesting your face all the time. You might be watering. If you do it enough, I believe God will grant you opportunity to be there to, to see to harvest at times, to see people actually come to know the Lord. But this is what he wants from us, right? At every... Every generation, every season, God is trying to save people. In the era which we live, God does it through us. So we got to avail ourselves to the Lord to be faithful to share the message. Amen. The book of Revelation lays
0: out many things that will happen in the future. It can be unsettling to read about some of the things that are within the pages of this prophetic book but God wants your heart to be at peace with what he'll bring to pass. Like in most stories, there's a great battle and then good overcomes evil. This is a great story of all time and we get to experience it with a loving but just God. So rather than disregarding this book as a bunch of strange imagery that seems nonsensical, be empowered reading this book, knowing that God's in control and that he'll win. Keep looking to the Word of God for direction in all these things. If you're seeking some assistance with where and how to read the Bible, we have a helpful Bible reading plan on our website. This can be a useful guide to help you read on a daily basis. Look on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. Thank you for tuning in today to A Transforming Word. Next time, Pastor Bill will continue teaching through Revelation. But before we go, we'd like to ask you to briefly consider supporting this ministry in a financial way. Any amount is appreciated. These teachings are broadcast on the radio and help spread the good news of the gospel. That's a powerful thing. If you'd like to find out more about how to support A Transforming Word, go to CalvaryInglewood.org or donate through our app. We're so thankful for your support and more than anything, we hope this ministry is a blessing to you. We look forward to you joining us next time on A Transforming Word.